1: what's up guys welcome back to the stranded phase podcast i am your host jessica hurley and if you are new to the stranded phase welcome 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 we are here to embrace your stuck phase no matter where it might be in life because you can't go around it you can't go over over it you can't go under it you must go through it because there's something about it that has everything to do with the best version of you on the other side but today is not about you being stuck. It's not about me being stuck. It's about America being stuck. It's about black people being stuck. Stuck in a situation that was brought onto them by circumstance of no choice, 400 plus years of oppression. And here we are in 2020, times that people talked about that would be some of the most futuristic incredible times this was the stuff we saw on the jetsons we thought we'd have flying cars all of the toys the technologies you know we just launched to the space center and something else besides a rocket ship that was built by nasa like things are evolving yet we look at black lives and the oppression has only changed mildly the evolution is minute Black people are still suffering and this means that all lives do not matter. All lives do not matter until black lives matter, period. And if you have not noticed yet, they don't. They are devalued in comparison to any other non-black life, period. This is why you and I can stand in front of a police officer and have a conversation without feeling threatened. This is why you and I probably don't have any siblings or cousins or best friends that are non-black that have been killed at the hands of police officers and then not those police officers not being charged and there being no justice served. There is mountains of white privilege that I could go on and on about. And to be honest, I told my fiance this three nights ago. I said, I'm not blind to the injustices that black people suffer from. I have been around the world and black lives long enough to see that there is no shortage of injustices and they seem to only increase or either be filmed more. I can't tell which one, but one thing I was not clear on was how bad white privilege is. And that might be ideally part of the problem. Maybe some of us are just blind to it. At the end of the day, I am white. So there are things that I will never deal with in a lifetime simply because of that fact. But I continue lately to see so much of it For people to feel like they don't have to talk about this. For people to feel like it's not a part of their life. For people to feel like business goes on as usual and this is not a matter that they need to be bothered with. That people are still posting about their weddings and their nuptials and their dress and their bridesmaids dresses and their their foodie blog and this, that and the third feeling is if the matters at hand don't need to be discussed or they don't matter to them. The shit is unreal. And so the only thing I can do on my watch right now is use the voice that I do have to say things that most of you might not want to say. And if I offend you, fantastic. Go find someone else to listen to. But this is for everyone. This is for everybody. And this there's going to be a lot of ownership in this episode. But this episode is truly... To clarify that if you are listening, that we are acknowledging the black injustice done to our black sisters and brothers, that we are acknowledging the oppression, that we are acknowledging the white privilege, that we are acknowledging that there are white supremacists. And I want to acknowledge, and maybe this is just my personal opinion, but I don't want this to be black and white. And in order for this to not be black versus white, then white people have to step forward and separate themselves from white supremacists because they can't tell the difference. We don't know people's soul and their heart and their demise and what they believe in. So the only way for black people to tell the difference in us is we have to take a side. And silence and neutralism is a side, my friend. So I am done being silent. I have too many powerful, incredible, amazing, loving, genuine Black human beings in my life, that I would be such a flipping loser to not talk about this. Such a loser. And I could do this on a whole another whole nother podcast episode, but black people have changed my life. They have saved my life. That's an understatement. They have saved my life. So to not speak up about this, to consider that this is happening, and I'm just speaking to to places that I've been before, right? I'm speaking for some of you that are saying you want to do something, but you don't know what to do. There has been times like, I'm sure 10 black deaths ago, you were like, well, this is happening in cities not around me. So it doesn't feel as, you know, like you, you not that it doesn't feel as hurtful, but it feels as if like, well, I can't do anything from this far away. This is happening in Chicago. You know, I'm in California, or I'm in Florida, or you know, like this doesn't really happen here, or this doesn't really apply to me, or there's nothing that I can do, or I want to speak up, but I don't know how. I feel uneducated. I'm not a natural advocate. What if I say something wrong? What if black people, you know, what if I slip up and say the wrong thing and black people condemn me when in all reality, all I'm trying to show is that I'm not racist? That does not fly anymore. Listen, that does not fly anymore. At this point, it is not enough to be not racist. It is not enough to prove that you have black friends. You at this point in this movement, this is like literally a revolution that we are witnessing. 2020 is gonna be the craziest year. You're literally gonna to have to pour a fucking drink when you talk to your kids about it. But being not racist and proving that you're not racist and that you actually on the side love black people is not enough. You have to show that you are anti-racist with your actions with your actions and so for those of you that are wondering or just saying like i'm uneducated i don't feel like it's appropriate for me to talk about this i'm going to give you a really simple answer to that problem do your research same way you do the research to start a business to start a shopify store to eat the right foods to pull to start the right diet to lose weight to Do an art project, to do a science project with your kid. You know how to do this. It is simple. There is more than enough opportunities for you to research. One, the things that you could be doing. Two, I'm going to give you tons of things you can do in this episode. But three, do your research on the history of oppression. Look at the Tulsa race riot when they burned down Black Wall Street 99 years ago to this date. May 31st through June 1st, 1921, white supremacists walked in, not walked in, marched over to this black Wall Street and burnt that shit down and killed black people. Not much has changed. Like I understand that stuff like that is not happening anymore, but it damn sure is happening in small doses. Black men and women are being picked off one by one by police officers that are not being convicted for it. There is no justice being served, which proves to the community that the life is not valued. I read some crazy stat earlier this week that was like, In the last, I don't want to get it wrong, but it was like either in the last decade that of all the police killings to black people, less than 1.2% of the officers were convicted. That is such a slap in the face. It's such a slap in the face. So this is why we have to choose a side. We have to choose a side. We have to separate ourselves from white supremacists. We have to use our privilege so that our Black friends and family can be heard, seen, but most importantly, protected. Because the truth is, as our, li- our lives and our privilege, we are valued far more than the Black life. And so, if we can all be truthful and just acknowledge that, then we need to protect them at all costs. It's the truth. White lives have always been priceless. Black lives were sold at value just just a few decades ago and now they're still devalued. I told you this episode was going to take some time. But what I'm fighting for you to understand is just because you're white, Or you're non-black you're not exempt from this fight being silent is choosing a side we have to become their allies and in order to create change and i know so many people have ideas for change right there's so many ideas for change but what i stress us not to do and I've caught myself doing it and it's a pure waste of time is to not waste your time criticizing or ridiculing what other people aren't doing and I know this is like against the crux of what I'm saying I'm calling white people to use their privilege and then the question returns what am I doing I totally get it But what I mean by calling out other influencers and saying that they're not acting accordingly, calling out rioters and protesters and saying that they're not acting accordingly, we, it's a waste of time. It is a waste of time when any of that time could be spent figuring out how to leave, lead, how to execute. How to set an example to create change and protect black lives at all costs. It's a waste of time to spend time judging other people on how they enact change and ridicule them for not acting. Should we call them out? Yes, but spend far less time doing that Than creating a platform, using your voice, showing up to create change. We literally have to get ourselves in a place right now. Like I feel like on so many episodes I've preached about like learning to accept the things that you cannot change, right? Because I've had to learn that. That's just a part of business. It's part of life. But this situation calls for us to change the things that we cannot accept. And it's being tired. Black people are tired. They've got the right to be tired. 400 years of tired. We have to come forward now and be just as tired. If the injustices of other people don't just burn you inside there's something seriously wrong with you or you are part of the problem. To think I almost thought again that it wasn't my place to say something. And I'm just I'm just speaking to the insecurities that I know some white women or non-black people have is you feel so called to say something, but you just don't know what to say. And you feel like an idiot because you're like, someone's going to say, well, you're not black and you don't understand. But what I'm learning is we'll never understand. We will never understand. This is the equivalent of running in a color run or any of these marathons that you have participated in to support the fight in cancer or other diseases because you know someone or maybe you don't you just believe in it so much because you've seen so many people in the world suffer from this very thing that you want to be a part of the solution and you talk about it at your job and you raise money for it you know with your friends and your family and your co-workers and but you couldn't explain what this type of cancer actually does to your body if it saved your life because it's never happened to you. You just feel so bad and so strongly about supporting the people that it does happen to. But you're not truly educated about what this cancer does to the body or what it what it can do to other people or even how your you may not even be educated on how your support changes changes it. All you know is that you're part of the solution of something that you're truly passionate about and you know for a fact needs to change. That's this. That's this. Your silence, your silence is saying that this doesn't matter to you. Your silence is, is, is choosing a side and becoming part of the oppression. Your silence, your neutralism, there's no middle ground. You either support cancer victims and cancer survivors and become part of the solution, or you don't. The answer is yes or no. You either support black people and the injustices and the suffering and the systemic racism or you don't period so if you're choosing to say i'm picking a side all lives don't matter until black lives matter and i'm not black and i don't understand but i want to be an ally i want to to fight against this bullshit i want the world to change i want Everyone to see my black brothers and sisters, my black friends, my black family, the way that I do. Yes, we see their color, but we also see their heart. We see that they are exactly like us. (laughs) Most times, even better than us. Because I tell you what, some of these women and men have the patience of a saint. You're just choosing not to be neutral anymore. Despite any fear of perfection, backlash, sounding uneducated, fucking up your aesthetic, or amplifying voices that you feel might contribute to something that looks bad on your behalf. And I know this doesn't work for everybody. I I get it. I get it. There are things I mean, I saw someone put on Facebook that they're part of a real estate group. And the first thing that their boss texts them said, please do not speak on this. Real estate is not, politics is not for those in real estate. And I thought about how shitty that is that some people feel like they can't speak on this because of their job. You know, I didn't go. I didn't show up to a protest this weekend because of my son. I didn't have anyone to watch my son. I was not bringing my three-year-old out there. He's almost three. He will run the hell off. He gives zero shits. He would run off in a crowd in a heartbeat. Um, So I knew I wasn't going, and there was no one to watch him. So I get it. I get it. But after doing hours and days of research, like I wait, I feel like I even waited too long to do this episode because I wanted to make sure that I was very prepared. So I found solutions for a lot of us, almost all of us. So if you are picking a side, if you are supporting black people in which you should, damn it, if you listen to this podcast, we got tons of options. So I have some options for you. Here's some things you can do. Number one, I have a a list of alternatives because even for me, I was I was searching, I mean, I'm searching for some bigger things to do, obviously. I plan on having some really incredible guests here on the podcast. I have some other ideas, but I, I was searching for alternatives because I knew I wasn't showing up to a protest with my son. So what are what do some alternatives look like for those of you? Maybe you're pregnant. Maybe maybe you are in a place right now. That makes you feel so small, like your efforts are so small, but you want to do something. You want to contribute to this revolution. Here are some ideas. I did not create these. I got these uh, from someone else is you can be a sign maker. You can reach out to organizations, groups, anyone on Instagram, Facebook, or create the signs. Just create the signs and post them and say, if anybody wants these for the protest, I'd be happy to hand deliver these. If you're creative on Instagram or Canva or with quotes or drawing or painting, anything, make some signs. Make some signs. This is easy. This is easy. And I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna go off topic for a second, but we don't need to be doing anything that's easy. I understand sign making is easy and that's against what I just said, but I said this in my Instagram post today, This is not calling for us to do the shit that is easy. So whatever you're doing, if you feel guilty, it's because you're just doing the shit that's easy. So for example, my entire family here in Tampa, Florida, is black. All of them. My one entire side of my family is entirely black. Matter of fact, I'm the only non-black person besides my brother-in-law who's Spanish and black. My husband-to-be Black, my father-in-law, black, my mother-in-law, black, my son, half black, my daughter, half black, like sister, my sister-in-laws are that I love and I cannot live without two black women, two incredible black women. My niece is black. You guys, my friends since middle school, black, like, but showing, like I said this in the beginning, showing that you're not racist by showing that you love black people is not enough. We need to do the hard shit. We need to have conversations with our parents that didn't grow up in eras like this. We need to have conversations with our coworkers. We need to have conversations with our friends at church that probably believe in God and Christianity so heavy or whatever religion, but don't quite understand this. I've had some tough conversations this weekend with white people that I love dearly, but they just don't quite get it. Or they think that this happens to white people too. Or they think that this is being blown out of proportion. Have the hard conversations. Do the hard shit. Use your voice on social media. Use your platform. If you felt compelled and felt like you've always had something to say and you've never said something in your life, I swear to God, this is the time to speak up. I said something prematurely about the coronavirus, about leaders being born on the other side of this This pandemic what felt like this chaos you think I meant that you better believe there will be some insane advocates and lifetime leaders born on the other side of this revolution people that acted people that stood tall people that spoke up if you have felt like you've had a voice all this time and you felt called to say something haven't quite had the courage I give you the permission slip this is the time this is the time to say something but don't just do the easy things. Make the signs, but also have hard conversations. Have these conversations with your children. Have these conversations with your parents, your coworkers, your Facebook friends, your Instagram followers. Have these conversations. All right, I wanna go back to the alternatives eyes and ears. Be the eyes and ears. You can do the researching, you can help people map out the protest. The walk for the protest. You can res- you can research like historical situations. You can explain and educate people on history, the oppression, the historic oppression of Black people. Like just over this weekend, I researched the Tulsa race riot. I researched the Boston Tea Party and how it was so similar to this situation. Yet Black people are being so condemned for the way that they're quote unquote behaving in response to this. Like do your research and then educate people that aren't willing to. It's just like business. I tell people all the time, if you're two steps ahead, that's all people need. I've been seeing posts go viral of like, here's five things you can do. Here's five things about white privilege. You didn't know. Here's five things about black history. You didn't know. Here's five things about the. Do your research and then share it and educate. You have no idea who's watching or listening who might be insanely surprised or learn something from you. And you don't have to be black to share black history. Something else we can all do. And when I saw this, I was like, wow, I can't believe I didn't even think about this is be a caretaker. Be a caretaker. And you don't have to be a medic for this. If you're a medic or a nurse, or you've had experience with this in the past, or you've done any type of um, nursing, or I I can't think of another title, but you can be on the sidelines or on the front lines during these protests, but not only that, you can use your money to donate food, water, or supplies. I I read a list of what they tell you to bring when you protest. It's insane the equipment they expect, they tell you not expect you, but they tell you to like bring for your protection. Like you damn near need a hiking backpack to protest. All of these supplies cost money. If you are organizing protesters, you absolutely need supplies. Could you imagine how grateful these incredible young men and women that are standing on the front lines and protesting and being part of this revolution to truly create change, how thankful they would be if you brought food and water to them and supplies? If not, donate to the fund that does. And speaking of donation, this is my favorite that I will be doing this week is donate money to a bail fund. And most of them are going to end in .org. I'm going to put quite a few of them in the show notes. I know Chicagofund.org, I think it is. Chicagobondfund.org. There's one for Philly. There's one for Los Angeles. There's one for Atlanta. There's one for Florida. They are everywhere. They are nonprofit organizations that are trying, they're fighting the fight against these insane costs for bail. And here's why, because when you cannot pay your bail and you have to sit in jail and wait for like a pre-trial, depending on how long this could be, and this this varies everywhere you go, I read a stat that said you are four times more likely to go to jail if you are not bonded out and you are sitting in jail awaiting like your charges or arraignment or whatever. If people, that bond is created to oppress people. When people can't afford that bond and they have to sit in jail, they are four times more likely to be put in the system. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but once you are put in the system, it is the most disgusting cyclical cycle you have ever seen in your life. And you want to talk about difference and white privilege? Let me help you here. In twenty in 2009, I got a DUI. I talk about this on my podcast all the time. I was literally already in college, three hours away from home. I came home for Thanksgiving and got a DUI. I was arrested. I was kept in jail overnight because it was a holiday. My bail had to be paid in full, which was $1,000. Thank God my father had it. He paid, they paid a thousand dollars to get me out. So it wasn't 50% of the bond because it was a holiday. So they bailed me out. And then I was put on, once I went to court, I was put on probation for the remainder of my college career, which was a year and a half. The judge said, I would like for you to change. I'd like for you to graduate college. So you will be on probation for a year and a half. I went home that night. And I called all of my friends, whom of which were primarily black. And I told them that I was gonna be on probation for the rest of my college career. And they all said the same thing. You're gonna go to jail. I was like, what? And they were like, it's so easy to violate probation. How are you gonna report and be in college? Like you'll have to be home at a certain time. You won't even be able to stay out late and study. You definitely can't go out anywhere. Like you're gonna violate probation and then they're gonna send you right to jail. And I was like, what? okay, I get it, I got a DUI, but like, how do I, for a year and a half, how do I obey? Like, how do I make sure I don't violate probation? This is so crazy, I can't believe this. Like, everyone was like, hands down, you're gonna violate. Like, it's so easy to violate probation. Um, I don't know if I just got lucky or this is white privilege. I'm gonna assume it was probably white privilege. I had a probation officer that literally didn't give a shit about anything. I called him once a month And all he asked me was like, how are you doing? What time are you coming home at night? How are things? And did you pay me? And I was paying like $100 a month at the time to be on probation and to report to him. Y'all, like when in all reality, in my later years, I worked for tons of at-risk nonprofit organizations that primarily served black men, black young boys under the age of 18 And I'm working with these men and they are, they have been arrested and jailed two, three, four, five times before they're 21. Majority, if not all of their arrests being violations of probation and their initial arrests being something so ridiculously stupid or obviously a crime, but minute, like, you know, possession and intent to sell a bag of weed and then they get arrested and they get put on probation. Then they're on probation for a year. And then they get caught driving home from work because they're a dishwasher at midnight with a tail light out, but they were working and then they get arrested and they get jailed for 21 days for violation of probation. And now because of this arrest, their driver's license is revoked because they violated probation. And so now they cannot, now they are on probation and have to pay a monthly fee so then So now you're arrested, your driver's license is provoked, you still have to pay a monthly fee, but now you don't have a driver's license, so you cannot go to work. So you either have to ride the bus, hopefully you're you're close to some level of employment, or you have to hitch a ride, which only works every now and then, right? Because most of your family's already working, because your family's already oppressed. And then the likelihood of what you're going to have to do after that says enough, because you have no freaking income. It is built for failure. And again, I might sound super educated when I say this, but I spent, I have spent almost nine years of my life working with at risk, black males in several different situations. And the situation over and over and over again is the same. And it's not to say that they're not guilty. It's not to say that they didn't commit crimes, but the situ the system is built the exact same. We would hold hands with them and walk them through ways to get out of these situations. And I've told people a thousand times, the way you and I would say, okay, step one, two, three will get us out of this. They are like at negative five. And you have to get these five steps done just to be able to do one, two, and three. And every time they get two steps forward, they get pulled back three more negative steps. I wish I could explain this in a way that makes sense, but it was like, it was so freaking hard to get a young black male off probation, get a driver's license and pay their restitution. Usually if there's any restitution involved, it's thousands of freaking dollars and they can't work. So it doesn't make sense. And so I'm begging you, it might sound a little weird or insane to put money into a fund to pay bail for people that are arrested for protesting because you probably just say to yourself, well, don't protest. But I want you to hear me when I say the people that are on the front lines and doing the work that you might not be willing or able to do need to be supported and protected. And that might be bail funds so that they don't end up in a system for years of their life that was created to oppress them. Do you understand what I'm saying? So donate money to your local bail fund, but make sure it's a nonprofit organization that is in support of this matter. And we're going to link some stuff in the comments. So all you're going to have to do is scroll down to see these. Now, here's another, another way I want you to look at this is the way you shop and your brands. And I've seen some challenges out there and I love this. Two things that I've seen... Um, that I love. Like one, for the next seven days, challenge yourself to only talk about this matter or to talk about this matter. Maybe, Maybe you have to talk about other things in your business. Maybe that's the way that your business runs. I totally get that. But do not talk about that without talking about this first, every day make people uncomfortable, make them also listen. If they're gonna buy your products, if they're gonna buy your services, they also need to listen to this and they need to know that you stand for this, primarily, no matter what, number one problem and issue to be resolved first. And screw the seven days. I would say this is something that we need to talk about until change is created, but challenge yourself to seven days. Seven days of not jumping on your Instagram, not jumping on your Facebook platform, the same way that an influencer would tell you to sell a product or service. They would say, if you're going to post a picture, if you're going to post something, make sure you start with your 12 day weight loss program, or make sure that you tell them about what you're selling today. And then you talk about whatever you're going to talk about. The same way they would tell you that, I would say, do not start talking, posting, or your day without talking about this, period. And sorry, not sorry, resharing memes and gifs are not enough. It is not enough. Email your email list. Talk about it on social platforms. Reach out to someone. Check, like, do it. Seven days. Another challenge is buy black. Buy black products. Buy black black services. And again, hear me when I say this. Like, I'm not black. But I'm telling you, the best way to beat this system and to create radical change outside of the changes that need to be made in government is changing the black dollar and that is buying black. And there are so many incredible black services, black products, black website designers, black social media man- managers, black coaches, black consultants, like black high performance coaches, just black speakers, black copywriters, like the list goes the hell on. Black athletes, y'all love a black athlete. Like they are everywhere. Consider your next major purchases need to be uplifting the black community. Another one is uplifting black voices. Listen to me. If you have a platform you have a responsibility. I tell every single person that signs on with Instapodcast, my podcast management agency, that as you walk into this, I need you to understand that you have signed on to a responsibility. It's like having a radio show every day and people tune in to listen, to learn from you, to grow from you, and then one day you just say, well, I'm tired today, or I'm sick today, or I can't show up today. If people are listening to you and they are waiting on you to tell them what's next or they are learning or being educated or growing from you, they are relying on you for growth and content. You cannot not show up. So as part of this responsibility, you need to use these platforms that you have to amplify black voices. So maybe, Maybe by chance, you've thought about pressing record on your podcast and talking about this matter, but you're like, I just don't think I've got it. I'm like, I don't think I can explain my feelings in a way that are going to make sense to other people. Maybe I wanna talk on my live about this, but as a white woman or a non-black person, I just feel like such an idiot. Then amplify black voices. Find an incredible black woman. Find an incredible black male. Find a frustrated black family. Find someone that can speak to this and do a live with them. Do tons of lives with them. Do a podcast interview. Feature them in your magazines. Amplify their voices. Do, do an article on them in your email. Share their stories amplify their voices. Here's another thing I want you to consider, and this is the opposite of buying, not the opposite, but this is similar to buying black products and buying from black people, is watching the brands that you primarily buy from. And this is very, very similar to something that I said during the pandemic is as soon as the pandemic hit, you could watch big brands and how they how they responded to what was going on. And it was really cool to watch because it was like some people responded and did very little and pretended like it wasn't happening. Some people responded for the hell of it, but with little to no solution. And some people responded with incredible solutions and great ways of like creating change, right? Like the example I keep giving is like Loom versus Zoom. Zoom came out and was like, If you want this, we see what's happening. This is crazy. We're here. If you want extra services or extra time, we're trying to accommodate everyone. You should do this, this, and this and buy this extra package. And oh, you can have like 14 days free or something like that. I don't want to misquote. And then Loom came out and Loom was like 30 days free on us. If you need to do this for your business, we totally understand. We're here. Blah, 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 blah. Do you know how much more likely Loom is going to get long-term business? Now, I'm not saying Zoom's not now a uh, insane, insanely rich uh, company right now amidst the pandemic. But that made me realize Zoom said, uh, Loom said, I see you. We understand your suffering. We understand your pain right now. We understand that it's difficult for your business to run. So here's how we can help you. There are brands that you are spending money with on the regular, on a monthly basis. Please pay attention to how they're handling this. There are some brands that have already come out and said openly, we are here for the black community. We support the black community. Here's what we're going to do to support the black community. Please make sure that your dollars are going towards brands that are not scared to take a stand period, period. Another thing you can do is call your local offices and demand reform and accountability. Period. And sign the petition. If you don't already know, there's a petition going everywhere. We've linked it in the show notes. You can go to Sean King on Instagram. You can go to Lee Merritt on Instagram. These, uh, I think it's Grassroots Law on Instagram. These things, this petition is circulating everywhere. I think last time I checked over 2 million, 2.5 million people had signed it to gain, to ask, to cry and request justice for George Floyd and that all four of these officers be charged. Sign the petition. It literally takes two minutes of your time. That's it. Call your local offices ask what they're willing to do about it. How are they going to hold their officers accountable? What can we expect regarding change? What, how do they plan to make an effort to partner with the community again and not against it? You want to know, and that's okay. The change that I'm looking to see is the same energy we had when 9-11 happened. And some of you are going to listen and say, this is not comparable. And I get, I get what you're saying. But over time, this, this 400 years, enough is enough. Black people should be more than frustrated. They should be more than angry. And what we're seeing right now is they're fucking over it. And we should be outraged too. Enough is Enough. When 9-11 happened, there were so many changes that were made instantly. Think about it. How many times did you go to the airport? Every time you went to the airport, they would say, oh, well, due to 9-11, our security has been enhanced. This has been enhanced. We have now enhanced our officer presence. We now don't do this anymore. You now can no longer ride these buses this way. You now can no longer ride the trains this way. You now can no longer stand up on an airplane because of this. Blah, 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 blah. There were changes that were enacted immediately because of this. Immediately, I want to see this same energy in our local, state, and national government to begin the process of evolving the oppression of black people. And in order for us to do that, we have to use our white privilege to speak up and make sure that Black men, women, children, families are seen, heard, and most importantly, protected. We have to be their allies. We have to be their allies. It is not enough to not be racist anymore. We have to be anti-racist. If this episode offended you, Sorry, I'm not sorry. If you've been sitting there wondering what's next, I hope this was helpful in some way, shape or form. And you feel like you can do something now that is in support of this matter. But just know your only job is to not be quiet. Your only job is to not be quiet and not be neutral. Do not be quiet and do not be neutral. That is where the betrayal begins. Happy Monday, you guys. From the bottom of my heart, I love every single one of you. Please stay safe. I'm sending you so much love.
0: Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your Stranded Phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.